Ladies and gentlemen, he's the samurai of student ministry, the networking ninja, a Jedi master of church budgets, the beast from the southeast, the next-gen nerd himself, CJ! What's up, my nerds? Welcome back to the show where we talk nerdy and we talk ministry. And like I've been mentioning on the last several episodes, uh, today we're starting a new series on music and the movies. And I've got an expert here, and I'll introduce him in just a second. But first, uh, don't forget to leave us a review and uh, leave us a good rating as well so others can find the show. Uh, If you want to get in on the conversation, you can join our Facebook group. There's a link to that in the show notes. uh, Or you can go to facebook.com slash nextgennerd. You can also help support the show on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash nextgennerd, uh, and you can help support the show. And uh, this uh, you know, costs us a little bit here and there, but uh, we enjoy doing it. And if you want to jump in, there's some, some interesting tiers, uh, ways that you can participate and get some extra bonus content, so you can check that out. I am here with a friend of mine, Lance Hardy. Uh, you guys remember him from the Stargate episode where I thought, yeah, it'll be uh, a... a uh, fun romp, and then he went way deep, which was awesome, which was so good. And so when he said, hey, could I do a whole series? It was yes. And when I mentioned it to a couple other fans of the show, they're like, yes, more of him. That sounds great. Uh, so, Lance, good to have you, man. That's great to be back. Thanks for having me. Uh, and uh, when you were asking this, uh, it was funny because I have literally never thought of doing this, but when you sent me the notes, I go, oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be good. This is going to be good. So why don't you kind of break down um, generally what the series is going to look like, uh, and then uh, we can uh, you can introduce the, the first topic we're going through. Excellent. Thank you. Um, the series is supposed to be about music in the movies, and in particular about science fiction movies. And uh, it's it's just such a huge part of this. Um, and we're talking, you know, a lot of us, uh, at least, that have talked um, and all around the show, very similar age group. And so some of you could probably relate to this, but uh, it goes back for me to those days when you had, like, a cassette tape with, <laughs> with like, the movie, like, um, narration and right. some clips in the movie. So I, I'm thinking mostly about Star Wars here. I, mean, mm-hmm. I had, like, the cassette tape for A New Hope. And um, you had, like, uh, you know, with a little book that went along with it, right? And they had the music right. and the narration and everything. So um, a- apart from just sitting down and watching the movie, there was a sense of, like, I knew what was happening just based on the score. Okay, yeah. Right? And so, and it was, it, of course, that's an iconic score anyway, but it, it really kind of drew my attention, I think, uh, from the very beginning to the importance of m- uh, music in movies in general, uh, but, of course, music everywhere. Mm. As well as, and then uh, how is it that music in science fiction movies is any different? Is it any different? And so uh, uh, just over the years, it's just been a great love of mine to really appreciate the music. And you find certain composers that tend to just have a little bit more of a knack than others. And I just want to stress that all composers who do um, musical scores for movies, frankly, they're all quite uh, brilliant and geniuses. Um, Well, we just picked five for this uh, particular series that would... um, kind of just stood out to me as being uh, kind of a, a cut above the rest in terms of what they've uh, contributed to the science fiction genre. I got you. Uh, you know, you're mentioning uh, cassette tape, Star Wars. I Most of my music was CDs, you know, <laughs> but I do remember specifically, again, Star Wars, the first um, uh, orchestral composition that I listened to was Duel of the Fates, which was Fair Menace, you know? I mean, that was that was the song that changed all, all songs for me. You know, it was like, mm-hmm. this is... 
amazing and exciting, and it tells the story. Uh, and I remember uh, listening to that soundtrack over and over again when I was going to sleep, uh, which was great, except when it would like hit repeat, and I'd be almost asleep, and do the face would come on again, and you're you're awake at that point. But um, but I remember I remember ha- I remember having those and listening to those. You know, they, like those were the first ones I remember getting that I wasn't getting the CD because of the the pop tracks that were on it. You know, like I had other soundtracks before, but it was because like I like that song. That was fun. It wasn't there wasn't an emotional theme behind the music, you know, or there wasn't, yeah. there, that, that wasn't, that wasn't the case in so many of them. Um, but you're right in, in several sci-fi movies, like it tells its own story. It does. Uh, and funny enough, I don't like scary movies. And so if there's one that I have to watch, I mute it because the music jacks me up so bad. It's like, <laughs> I'm just going to mute it, put subtitles on yeah. and, uh, and then I can actually watch it. You know, I'm, I'm such a baby when it comes to scary movies, but, uh, but yeah, so so I'm excited. So um, so there's five that we're going over. Yes. Uh, let's let's go ahead and, and and what are the five that we're going over, and which one are we j- diving into today? Uh, we're going to do Alan Silvestri, Hans Zimmer, James Horner, Jerry Goldsmith, and John Williams. And I'm probably going to do it in that order. Uh, like I said, that when it really comes down to it, there's there's so many things that you could appreciate about all these composers, and uh, a lot of very subjective points of view, of course. Um, that that is my personal top five. From five to one. Okay. Um, so we're going to start with uh, my personal <laughs> number five, um, which is um, Alan Silvestri. Okay. And so uh, for those that are uninitiated, give me some some high movies uh, that, that Alan Silvestri is known for. Uh, probably the most famous one would be the Back to the Future soundtrack. Um, Fantastic. Let me see if I can hit it on the first try. There we go. Oh, nice. Yeah, so Alice uh, Back to the Future, uh, Charlie's favorite movie. Like that, that is that is literally her favorite movie. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, it's one of those themes that you just get excited. You just get excited yes. listening to it. Like it's it's going to be a good ride. It's going to be a good ride. Absolutely, and, and you know, it's um, particularly for those of us uh, here in Florida. You have the <laughs> the ride, of course, Universal, yep. and uh, there's a, you know huge impact there. Depending on the age group you may have grown up with, there was just this. I still remember that short period of time between when the first one came out and the rumors of the sequels. Right. And then when, of course, they finally came out. And so it was a really, really big deal for quite a few of us. <laughs> I saw something recently that was saying they should reshoot number two. Uh, but instead of <laughs> in, instead of what the future was, like, do what it is now. And, like, how would they? How would somebody from, from the 80s respond to people having their noses in their screen? Mm-hmm. And, and so, so I, uh, but yes. Gotcha. Uh, it's uh, you know, because all three movies are now in the past. I remember when that that day came, it actually fell on a Wednesday night, and so we did a Back to the Future night on that Wednesday night because, like, here we are in the yeah. future with flying cars. Um, so yeah, so uh, so Alan Silvestri, uh, Back to the Future. Right. Uh, when you sent me the notes, there was uh, a a key phrase that you assigned to each of them. So for Alan Silvestri, what are we really looking at when we talk about the music, his music in the movies? Um, the key phrase for him, I, I was going to talk about innovation versus a comfort level. Okay. So, um, and the, the, each one of these phrases that I was sending, they could really honestly be talked about any uh, composers. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I had five composers and I had five phrases, so <laughs> I had to assign <laughs> right. each one of them something. But um, it, it's, it's a question that I think uh, it, it depends largely on the actual context of the movie. But there are certain composers who tend to stick to they want to be innovative. Okay. Right. They want to come up with something brand new every time. They want to. They want to have like different instruments, different sounds, mm-hmm. and you can definitely tell perhaps that it's still them. Right. Right. They have some signatures that are very common, 
but they like to experiment with uh, the sound and whatnot. So I, just off the top of my head right now, I'm thinking uh, Hans Zimmer and his Dune soundtrack mm -hmm. is a good example of that, where you know, trying different noises, different um, sounds that uh, I wouldn't call them instruments, right? but uh, things that kind of complement the soundtrack in such a way that it um, gives you sort of that you know, atmosphere and whatnot. Um, and then, of course, you have the other side of that would be comfort, which is, and, and I, again, I, he's not on my list, but I'm a huge fan of Danny Elfman's work. Um, and again, he's probably not on my list because he hasn't done a lot of science fiction. Right, right. But Danny Elfman is one of those, like, you have uh, a certain sound mm -hmm. you always associate with him. And then when a director wants uh, that kind of a soundtrack, we get Danny Elfman. You go to Danny Elfman. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, and, uh, you know, I would say John Williams or some of these other guys would be the same way, really. Mm -hmm. But you have that sense of, like, oh, he did this soundtrack. I'm a, I have expectations. Right. And I, I want them to be met. And if right. he's, if he's trough, off trying some new. You know, instruments and some new thing that he's never done before. Then I'm not going to get what I wanted. So the question is, which one do you do we really go for? Do you, do we encourage, or do we like to see new things? Do we like to hear new sounds, or do we just really want to be comforted mm. with like a, a something similar, perhaps a little offshoot of a uh, a theme that we've heard before? But you know, so it just reminds us of something, but it's just just different enough to be a quote new theme. Unquote. Well, you know, with nostalgia, yes. you know, being such a powerful force, uh, I just actually just watched um, Ghostbusters Afterlife. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Not yet, but I definitely going to. Uh, it's nostalgia. You know, it, it really is. And I thoroughly enjoyed the nostalgia because that was what I was going there for. Yes. You know, that's, that's like that, that was... That was what I wanted, which is kind of that comfort side. Yes. But we're talking about science fiction here, and you can't rely on nostalgia forever. Like right. you want new worlds, you want you want to escape, and and if you're so sucked into comfort, you can't escape because it just feels like home. And that's the it's almost the opposite of the purpose of, of science fiction is 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 being away, being out, being uncomfortable uh, is is the theme, you know, is the theme. And so, uh, you know, I, I think, I think there's, there's definitely times for both. Um, and like I said, I thoroughly enjoyed, uh, afterlife, but I think when I look at, um, or, or even, even Dune, like I, I loved the book Dune. Uh, and so there was, there was that comfort that was there, uh, with a movie, but there are so many other times where I go, I want a new world. I want a new place. I want to, I want to dive in. I want to learn about this place. And that's that's innovation. Yes, you know when we look at um, one of the greatest uh, science fiction, uh, more actually fantasy works of all time, it's Lord of the Rings. And why? Because it was a beautiful new world that we had never been in. Right. Um, and my current favorite book series is the Wingfeather Saga, and it's also a fantasy series. But I love it because it's a world that I've never been in, and it's yeah. all new. And so, uh, so I, I think there's, I think, I think it's a great. It's a great contrast to draw comfort versus uh, versus what was the innovation innovation. I kept thinking intuition. I'm like that's not right. We just <laughs> we're, we just got done with a, a uh, men's group and it was talking about marriage. And there's a lot of intuition, women's intuition being discussed. <laughs> so that word was stuck in my head. But but that innovation you're, there there is that that split. Um, and so uh, you got to have guys that that dive in innovation because. Yes. That's that's what's gotten us to where we are today. Yes. Not nostalgia. Nostalgia makes us you know fat and lazy, and that's okay sometimes. But it's the innovation that makes us hungry, that makes us go. So uh, so I like that. I like that that distinction. Yeah, and I think that you know when you have a composer in particular, no composer likes to have just one sound. Right. And there's maybe one that we associate them with because of popularity, or, right. or just ubiquitous nature of certain um, sounds or, or uh, themes. 
But um, I think that you, know, you do have a lot of variety within each person. We, we, so we some of our clips, we're going to show that. But uh, I, I, like, for instance, um, Ellen Silvestri also did the uh, Forrest Gump mm. soundtrack. You know, not science fiction, but right. just an example. And, and the Forrest Gump's one of those ones, speaking of nostalgia, <laughs> where you, you pretty much have a, uh, you, you have your soundtrack, which was like, I don't even know how many, like 40? Yes. Uh, Jeremiah hits. was a bullfrog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so a bunch of hits of the, of the times that they were at, at that moment. Right. Along Forrest Gump's journey. But they also had a really, really beautiful uh, score. Score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, not just the, the soundtrack, the clips, but also the, the score. And uh, you kind of picture, if, if you can remember the movie, the, the, the very beginning and the very end with the feather coming down and the soundtrack that comes in and kind of puts you in the mood for, the, for that moment. But, um, you know, it's, the, uh, like I said, I think that uh, these composers, they do like to stretch themselves. Every one of them likes to stretch themselves. And it might just be, I want to try something, um, a different kind of movie, right? Right. I, I'm known for action movies. I want to try a drama. Right. Right. Or I've never done a horror movie. Let me see how I would <laughs> do with that, right? You know, if John Carpenter could score a horror movie, I could score a horror right. movie. Right, right. So that, that could be their motivation, but... I find that that part just fascinating, mm. especially when you have one that you've already you already know that you appreciate their talent and what they've done in the past. You also want to see what what could they do with this a little different. Well, they're 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 creatives, yes. you know. Creatives want to create, and and that is, you know, multifaceted. It's it's splendor. It's it's different. Uh, I, I listened to a podcast with uh, Dave Barnes, and they are two songwriters, and they talk about how like every time they get done with a project, they go, "That's probably the last one I'll ever do." You know, it's like that's that's it. This has been a fun ride. Um, but they talk about how the things that they like the most are the things that people don't typically want to listen to, and the things people typically want to listen to sounds like everything else. Yeah. You know, the Christian music industry, it's all, you know, four chords in just different arrangements. And right. so, uh, but but that drives creatives crazy because right. they we want to make something different. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, and there's there's nothing... I mean, you can, you can take, uh, using, again, the Back to the Future theme and go, okay, well, that kind of has some similar instruments to other songs that I've heard, but nothing's like it. Nothing's right. like it. I mean, I mean, very quickly, very early on the song, you know, this is what this song is. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so I like it. I think one thing that Back to the Future did particularly well also was it managed to merge, and there's been some the other movies I could think of that did this, but they merge whatever popular song you're, you're associating or attaching to a movie. So in this case, you got Huey Lewis, a couple right. songs that he did um, for the for the movie, and, and actually having orchestral versions or mm. moments that are like throwbacks to the Huey Lewis track right? built into the uh, orchestral score, which, you know, on one hand, it's kind of a, <clears throat> you know, you'd say, oh, that's marketing or whatever. So, yeah, but when you do it right, if you do it well, it really works <laughs> really well. And I think Back to the Future is one of the ones I think that it did seamlessly. Right. And then when you have the actual song, you're like, it, it just flows right in with mm. uh, the rest of the movie. Mm. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um, just a couple of quick uh, clips. Do you want, we want to go ahead and do that? Or? Yeah, that sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. So um, just a, a few. I only had uh, uh, about um, six I wanted to play for this, and, and two of them are from the same movie. So only about five movies here. But um, kind of starting with, uh, let's go ahead and start with the Back to the Future track. Um, this this track essentially is a, a couple of pieces put together of the main theme, so you guys can all be familiar with this. And um, it's it's just... Uh, stirring. I mean, it really is. When I think of this, like I say, whether you're thinking of like the ride, the old ride's no longer there, unfortunately, but Universal, or whether you're thinking of the actual movie the first time you saw it, 
Um, there's, there's just, it's just kind of stirring in the sense of like, you know, it's an adventure, mm. you know, that there's peril and uh, it just kind of encapsulates the moment like all these good uh, composers do into uh, the Back to the Future theme. So the, uh, the next couple are going to be, since I was just talking about Forrest Gump, um, there's, there's basically two themes to Forrest Gump, and uh, one of them does something that we're going to end up noticing um, over the next few composers also, which is w when you come up with a theme um, for a character, and some of them are very, very, like, this is, like, John Williams does that a lot. This is Luke's theme. This is right, right. Theme. This is um, Hedwig's theme. Right, you know, there's all kinds of that, but um, whether or not they're actually labeled that, we do associate them with the character. So um, you, yeah, I'm thinking, usually, like it's like binary sunset, which is also <coughs> Luke's right, theme. Yeah, right. yeah, it, yeah. Exactly. So um, in the case of uh, Forrest Gump, I, I think what's important is like, it, and again, this is the really great ones do this so well, which is they actually attach a couple, maybe one or two key emotions or key themes for that character, and translate it into mm. music. So in the case of Forrest Gump, I mean, you have this major theme throughout the movie where you have so much chaos and so much change going on around him and mm. the, you know, um, the, the era that he was growing up in, right. the era that he, he moved through was just sad in mm. so many ways, hopeful in so many ways. It was just moving and there was death and there was um, just questioning and whatnot, but yet he was this constant in the story, mm. right? He just had this constant kind of a calm mind. Right, and you would say, "Well, that's because you know he was simple or whatever." But I mean, the idea seriously was that right. he, he was just very, like, uh, it was calm. Right, it was a calmness to him. So you have this moment of him on the uh, bench, and you have him just kind of just waiting for the bus mm. and to take him to go see Jenny. He's excited, but uh, it's just this calmness, and I think that the theme really, really establishes that. And then, as you need it to, you have. Um, it kind of grow, and so it's instead of being just piano or just some woodwinds, maybe you start to add a little more, um, uh, a few of the instruments that have a bit more volume, a bit more power, um, as you might need for the scenes, but you can keep that same theme hmm. and keep that same calmness through whatever's going on. second clip of course would be a little bit more adventurous one you have um, from again from Forrest Gump where you have um, the things he was able to accomplish and that you have to have some adventure right, right? I mean, you have to have that like if he you know scores a touchdown he walks for the first time runs not walks right he right, runs right. for the first time without his uh, braces and you have these these themes that come uh, and they're kind of bass they're not the same uh, melody mm. but you can kind of tell that they have their foundation in that same um, theme from uh, from earlier that we were uh, looking at him having that calmness. <laughs> 
So these these are great. I think that uh, for me, Alan Silvestri, you have Back to the Future, you have Forrest Gump. Those are going to be the highlights uh, for me of of his stuff. And not that he has a bunch of great stuff, but those are the ones that are truly memorable. So like uh, some of these other ones are ones where you'd say, I I might remember seeing the movie. I don't think I could probably tell you what the music sounded like. Right. But it did a really, really great job. So um, a good example of that from a sci-fi standpoint is Contact. Okay. Okay. So for me, Contact is a fantastic science fiction movie in that it wasn't really about the science fiction. Mm. It was really about the human experience and the human emotion, right? And we've, we, I think you and I have talked about this before in a previous episode about the idea of science fiction at its heart being about humanity, mm. right? And how do mm-hmm. we respond? Right. And so, like, if you go back, one of the great grandfathers of, uh, of science fiction with H.G. Wells, you look at um, how he wrote War of the Worlds, and the actual science fiction is really minimal. Mm. I mean, he, he set it up with Aliens Invade or right, whatever. Right. But really, it was about how does this guy respond? Right. So his contact was great in that sense. It was uh, like, how do we respond? How do we uh, interact with this, the, the signal that we're getting? Which is all background. You know, yeah, like, like they're, exactly. they're, they're dealing with it. But, and even still, at, at the end, it's almost like, did that actually happen? Like, did, right. you know, and so it's, yes. it's, there's, there's, you, could, you could remove those pieces and it'd be a foreign delegate coming from Spain and mm-hmm. the movie's the same. <laughs> exactly. And, I mean, so there was a... There was, uh, you know, talking about the differences we have as cultures, the differences with um, the way we view religion and whatnot. And I thought it's a fantastic bit on there about, you know, 80% of the world believes in a God of some kind. You know, great little bit in contact about that. And so um, when it comes down to it, I think that the theme did, a, again, a really great job mm-hmm. of not being too um, out there, right? I mean, there, there's definitely a time and place. And, like, again, I'll throw the Dune one out there where you have a completely foreign right. you know, world, completely foreign everything. You want to probably have some strange sounds. <laughs> Right, but yeah. when you have something that's much more closer to home, like literally Earth, but also um, you know the human emotion, the human mm-hmm. experience, you want to have something that is very close to the human experience, something that could have a common reaction from anybody listening to it, and you, you get that really well from Contact. I'm also going to throw in here uh, one that I'm sure everybody knows. Um, Alan Sylvester did a lot of work with um, the Marvel series. So mm. he actually wrote the Avengers theme. So that's uh, that's one that, again, I didn't throw that into science fiction, but right. um, that's one more more recent ones that uh, uh, most everybody's going to know. And uh, you, know, you pretty much got that exactly what you want from the Avengers <laughs> sort of movie, right? Right, and, right. And, and again, it's one of those you never really know for sure after experiencing a movie. It's like, did the movie change the way you felt about the music mm. or did the music change the way you felt about the movie? Mm. And of course it is going to be symbiotic. You have both going on. Right. I have a hunch that the music affects the movie way more than the other way around. Oh, definitely. Like, like I said, in a horror movie, if, if it's yes. muted, it's not nearly as scary. And okay. I, I think, I think, it, you know, there's, there's so much that if you remove certain audio pieces, like I, I'm thinking about like the, the friends episode there where they removed the laugh track and you're like, this isn't even really funny. <laughs> I think, I think it's the same kind of thing with, with movies in general is when you don't have that, you're like, Oh, here's another great example. Have you seen the clip where they take uh, the last scene in a new hope 
and they remove the music. So it's just them walking up there. And it is the most awkward 37 minutes because the, the music is what <laughs> the music is what drove it. You know, yes. you're like, yes. And, and, yes. and you watch it, and it's like, this is so awkward. Yes. And so it, there's a reason why producers and directors spend so much money on music right. because without it, we go, I don't know how I'm supposed to be feeling. This is yes. really kind of weird. Um, the themes in the music we're listening to is what drives us to go, oh, this is kind of what they're going. It helps us to because we're not there. Right. We're not experiencing. We can't. We can't see inside their head. You know, aside from Din Djarin with a mask on. You know, there's not a whole <laughs> lot of people who who can act that well to communicate emotion uh, without being able to know thoughts. And that's what that's what the music is for. The music right. is for that. Uh, um, uh, Doug, one of his favorite movies is The Truman Show, and one of his favorite scenes is when uh, is when they're in the the music booth. The guys like calling the different instruments to to, to try and communicate. This is emotionally where he's at. So, yes. so yeah. So I, I would agree with you that the music is really what informs us much more of what's going on yeah. uh, rather than the other way around. And I'm going to use the word manipulate. Um, uh, and people, agreed. Agreed. People, yeah, it has a negative connotation. The word does, but I mean, we all. It means to change, yes. and, and I think that's good for us to be manipulated sometimes. Uh, yes, it's, it's necessary. Exactly. So I mean, and you need that in a movie because, like, like you just mentioned. You kind of need to tell the audience how they're supposed to feel about that's, something, that's right? <laughs> Particularly when you have uh, morally gray areas. Yes then you really need to have that because you're like, I'm, I'm confused. And sometimes, especially more recent times, I think uh, directors really love to play on that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, who is the protagonist? Do we yep. have a protagonist, really? Yep. You know? So you know. We'll name him protagonist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, here's a, a little bit of Avengers. So, I mean, ultimately, you're looking at uh, a really great uh, versatility in Alan mm -hmm. Sylvester. You're looking at some very, very uh, classic themes. Like I said, the Back to the Future, you got the um, quietness of Forrest Gump. You got the, um, you know, the superhero, the adventure nature of, uh, of the Avengers. And uh, I just uh, I really appreciate the work that he has done, and particularly for science fiction. Right. Yep. Um, and all these clips, uh, if you're wanting to listen to them in their full, there's links in the show notes so you can go back and, and check those out. and, uh, and enjoy, Or even better, just pull the movies out and watch them. Yes, and, and, I'm sure they would appreciate that. Yes, yes, they would, uh, and it's, it's, it's worth the time. Um, well, sounds great, uh, and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this, this look at Alan Silvestri, and again, uh, that innovation versus comfort, and uh, this is just week one. We've got, we've got four more coming, and, uh, and Lance is going to be here with us. And uh, make sure you head over to the Facebook to kind of leave a comment on this. Tell us what you think. And we'll be back next week with our next composer, which is... Next week is going... Well, hold on, i got to pull it up now. Hans, Hans Zimmer. I've got Hans my Zimmer, right yes. Hans Zimmer. Thank Hans you. Zimmer. So uh, we'll yes. see you guys next week for that. Don't forget to leave us a review and a rating. That'd be fantastic. Head over to our Facebook uh, at facebook.com slash nextgennerd and our Patreon at patreon.com slash nextgennerd. We'll see you later.